because our pastors, he said, hey, just say whatever you want to say. Talk about what you want to talk about. I said, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I really appreciate our pastors. And please pray for them where they're traveling on the road. Uh, I have grown immensely under this ministry and under their tutelage. Uh, and they have been a blessing to our lives. And I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, I don't take it lightly because I know our pastors, they don't just open up the pulpit lightly. <laughs> they really don't. Uh, so I praise God even for this opportunity to speak to you. But what I would like to say is that it ain't going to be too much different from the pastor. Because in my heart, I have his heart. <laughs> and one thing I know for a fact is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that dwells in our pastor's body is right here. <laughs> it dwells in my mortal body just as it dwells in yours. And tonight, we're going to make some spiritual connections and we're going to talk about some wonderful things. Amen? Amen. Now, first of all, I'm Terry. <laughs> I'm Minister Jones. I'm one of the ministers here. Some of y'all know me. Uh, it may be somebody that don't. I'm that dude to be walking around, <laughs> pushing iron to iron and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but kingdom is my home. Amen. I know I got some iron men always in the house. <laughs> Amen. But I would be remiss if I did not mention, go and stand on your feet. Rest on your feet. <laughs> yeah, that's my lovely wife. We've been married almost 30 years, 29 years. Don't clap too loud, because she might be a little crazy, because she married me. It's something when people invest in you when you really don't have anything really too good to offer. Uh, and I really appreciate my wife in all honesty because she knew me when. I really didn't have a whole lot to offer. Brother wasn't even driving a car, y'all. <laughs> I was on a 10-speed. <laughs> I had one of them drunken episodes when I was young in the court, tore up the car, still was paying for it. You know, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> what I would like to talk about today, though, uh, and I'm going to ask everyone uh, to stand. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit different. I hope that, do y'all got notes? Y'all got notes? Because uh, the pastor preaches, he proclaims the word, but uh, my anointing, my gifting is really teaching. Now, if the Holy Spirit decides that we're going to preach a little, Amen. But I will teach you something today because the Holy Spirit, he operates in me through the gifting and the anointing of teaching. And I can't be nobody else but who I am. Amen? So that's who I'm going to be. <laughs> Tonight I'd like to talk to you a little bit briefly about expansion. Expansion, though, it only occurs in the kingdom of God. Expansion occurs within the kingdom of God. So, uh, Romans 5, 8, it lets us know that uh, the love of God, 
is unconditional because he loved us when we were unlovable. Is that right? But the promises and the blessings of God, they come with some conditions. They require us to make some effort and put forth some faith and stretch a little bit in order for us to achieve the things that we need to achieve. So tonight, just for your hearing, we're going to take a look at a couple scriptures. Uh, the whole of our background text is going to come from Third uh, John, uh, 1 through verses 21. Uh, it's a pretty familiar story, um, and we're going to read, though, uh, verses 1 through 8 of uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, 1 through 8. Matter of fact, can we do that together? Y'all want to go old school? Y'all remember that? Kind of like we do in Iron Iron when we do the intense scriptures. Can y'all get that for me? And maybe the NIV or something like that? Can we do that? Is that all right with everybody? Okay, amen. Amen. <laughs> y'all ready? Y'all know how we do it, right? Read! Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member. Amen. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God was not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they be born again. Be born again when they are old. Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Flesh gives birth to flesh but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you right now for your word. We thank you for opportunity. We thank you even for increase and expansion, Father. We thank you for even allowing us, your mercy that allowed us even to see another year, Father. Now, Father God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would break up the fallow grounds of our heart. Touch us right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let us be receptive to your word. Father, allow us even now to decrease that you might increase in us. Speak now, Father, for your servants are listening. Use us mightily in your service. And let every word that we speak be spirit and life. And let the hearer, Father, grasp hold to the word. For dear life, Father, apply it in their lives and grow in the things of God. Father, we thank and we honor you now. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all can have y'all seat now. If I didn't say that, my wife was going to go, you forgot to tell us to sit down. <laughs> Amen. Now, the story we just read um, we're going to come back to it, but I, I want to reflect on something before we begin. Uh, the pastor told me that I could speak on whatever I wanted. But after I studied, a funny thing happened. I came back to the theme of this year. Uh, and I just want to, anyone who wasn't here, I'm just going to review it slightly. Uh, Minister Greg, he actually hit on the three things that Pastor introduced in terms of expansion for the year. But I'd like to just touch on them briefly. 
because this is the vision of the house. In the year of expansion, God will expand your faith. That's found in Romans 1 and 17. He says, for the righteousness of God is revealed faith to faith. Then he said, God will expand your favor, like in Luke 2.52. But I like to bring your attention in particular to Luke 2.52, because when we read, throw that up one time so we can get a visual. When we read Luke 2.52, it says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. It did not say Terry. It did not say put your name there, but it said Jesus. Now, the way this scripture applies to us is that when we are in Christ Jesus, we are privy to all of the things that he is privy to. So every blessing and every inheritance that belongs to Jesus Christ also belongs to us because we exist in him as part of the body. Y'all feel me so far? All right, all right, all right. So the last point he brought up was uh, God will expand your finances, Genesis 26, 12 through 13. And that's the story of Isaac sowing in every offering. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to plant a seed. Every offering, every time we give money, especially when we pay our tithes or we give tithes or we return the tithe, we're operating in a level of faith. Because sometimes it's a stretch and a struggle for me to give 10% of my income when I know I got expenses come and do. Amen. Am I the only one? All right. But inside of faith, God responds to faith, and he responds by giving us increase and blessing even the 90% that remains. So three things. We're expanding in our faith, right, in our favor, and in our finance. And that's a wonderful thing, amen? Uh, but once we see the vision, we actually have to go through a process to determine how do we do this thing. And that's kind of the problem that we uh, run into most of the time. We get the vision or we have the dream. We know where we want to go, but the problem is how do I get there? See, the next step, anytime I get a vision or I have something mapped out for me to go, I have to actually take the next step in the process to make this thing happen. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We want to go from the why, the when, and the how. Is that all right? All right. <laughs> the why. I wrote down here, why should I expand? That sounds like a silly question to me. Because I want more. Anybody else want some more? Or y'all got enough? Everybody good? Y'all all good? I'm not good. I need a little bit more. So I want to expand so I can get some more. The next question I said was what? Why? Did I say why? Was that the next thing? Now when? When? When y'all want to expand? Right now. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Even in my notes, let me see what I said. When do I want to expand? Well, I want to expand right now. I want it because I want more, and I want it right now. So, how do I get it? That's the trick. 
That's the part that's the teaching point. Now let's get our pens and pencils out. Because the how is the big thing. The how is the issue. How do I go from where I am to where I want to be? Now, this is the time we jump back to our text. In our text in John chapter 3, we're introduced, really, Jesus is speaking to one of the Pharisees. And that Pharisee, his name is Nicodemus. Now, uh, as we read, and when you read through this, and y'all write that down. Y'all write down uh, uh, John chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 21 for the whole of the background. Did y'all write that down? I'm looking at y'all. All, all right, all right. Inside of that, uh, before uh, we get to, put this up for me. Uh, John chapter 2, verses 23 and 25. That's the chapter right before chapter 3. And I want to show you this for a purpose. Matter of fact, y'all got that in the message? Do we have the message? We got that? Oh, check it out. During the time he was in Jerusalem, those days of the Passover feast, many people noticed that the signs he was displaying and seeing. And seeing, they pointed straight to God and trusted their lives to him. But Jesus didn't entrust his life to them. He knew them inside and out. And he knew how untrustworthy they were. Number 25. He didn't need any help seeing right through them for he was born from above. So the reason why I had us read that is that I wanted you to know that this is right after the time Jesus was turning over the tables in the temple and he was causing a ruckus. That was in chapter 2. He was causing a big ruckus. But now we have one of the Pharisees. Nicodemus wasn't just any Pharisee. He was one of those that sit on the council of the Sanhedrin. So he was a wealthy person, without doubt, and a very educated person, without doubt. And he was a teacher of the law. So for him to come to Jesus is not a minor thing, it's a major thing. And we're going to examine that in detail because Nicodemus here kind of represents each of us. And let me explain why. First of all, I read the last three verses of chapter 2 to establish the fact that Jesus didn't just let anybody run up on him. Now, he didn't trust everybody at that time. In the season and the time had not come yet for his uh, crucifixion. So he didn't just let anyone get close to him. And if you notice when you're reading your Bible, y'all do read your Bibles, right? All right, all right. So we're going to have a little conversation. We're just talking now. You notice that uh, anytime he had people, his disciples, he went out, he would preach preached the gospel, did a lot of miracles. The people was jo overjoyed by the miracles and wanted running up to get more miracles. But when he taught, he taught often in parables. Everybody didn't always get it. Even those close to him didn't always get it. So what would happen is that after the fact, after all the crowds were gone away, he had his inner circle. He had his 12. The 12 would come back and say, Jesus, what meaneth this? What did you mean by that? And at that time, he would explain to those who were close to him because he knew that they were the ones that would carry the gospel and propel the message after he was gone. 
Does that make sense to everybody? All right, I ain't lost nobody. We all cool? Everybody cool? Amen. So now we see a Pharisee part of the Sanhedrin. Y'all know what that means, right? That's the same jokers that's going to be trying to kill him. This guy is coming after the fact, after hours, after the sun went down, trying to sleep into the camp. So first off, we have to question and say, why would Jesus even let this joker in? Something had to be special about Nicodemus. And it is something special about him. It starts with his name. Nicodemus, in the Greek, I love to say that because, you know, preachers always, in the Greek and in the Hebrew. <laughs> Y'all excuse me, I'm a little crazy, that's what I made. But Nicodemus in the Greek, it actually means people's victory. His name means people's victory. So we have someone who is very educated, who is part of the ruling council, who is part of the, the, the lawgivers, who is about to be I shouldn't say lawgivers, they're the law keepers or the ones that's supposed to enforce the law. They're about to be replaced by a new covenant. So, but before that happens, we see that Jesus allows him to get close. And in chapter 2, we saw Jesus knew who was fake and who was phony. So the fact that Nicodemus was allowed to come after ours into the, well, almost the holies of holies, but in his closed circle, that lets us know that there was something significant and special about Nicodemus. So Nicodemus being people's victory, he came with the sincere desire to learn more about the things of God. Now in our text, let me get back, right back there, read it for you. Uh, he's, Jesus said, a main scripture, let's throw that up because I, I, I need a visual, I need some help. Focus text. John 3, 5, and 6. Focus, focus, focus. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he be born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. That's where I want to be. So Nicodemus asked a question. He asked, how can a man be born again? And Jesus, at the time, if you read it, you have to read it the way I read it. You have to read it with, hey, Jesus was, got a little bit indignant. And said, How, what you mean? How come you don't know? You're a teacher. He's a teacher of the law. He should know these things. But Nicodemus did not know, but he was sincere in his heart, and he desired to know. So, this is the reason why, the sincerity in his heart is the reason why Jesus even allowed him to come in and he entertained his question. But in the question, it lays the blueprint and the foundation for how we are to expand. The how in that third part of the question. We knew the what, we knew the why. We know the when, but we need to know the how. Nicodemus, just as we are, he came to Jesus questioning him, him on how to expand or how to change his situation from here to get to there. Does that make sense? All right. Now, in order for the people to achieve victories, they have to get an understanding of what Jesus is trying to teach. In order for us 
to obtain victory, we must also gain an understanding. So before we can reap the benefits of the year of expansion, we must first become a part of the kingdom of God. Now, how we become a part of the kingdom of God is that we have to take an opportunity to go beyond the natural and step into the supernatural. Now, Nicodemus was an educated man. He was a wealthy man. So he, he was very well taught. He had finance. He had money. But he did not have understanding. He did not have revelation. A lot of us, we're in the situation that we're in because we might have a little money and we might have a little information. But information is not revelation. Intelligence is not revelation. We, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm, I, I, I love education. Everyone should be educated. I would encourage everyone to strive to gain as much knowledge as you can, in particular, knowledge of the Word of God. So we need to have knowledge. But understand me now that just because I read the book or I'm educated or I'm studied or, or I went through a process in terms of a school and I've gotten a lot of information, that does not mean I have revelation. Revelation comes from one place and one place only. It comes from a place of truth. And the place of truth only comes from the spirit of truth. So if we really want revelation, if we want to learn the how, we must obtain the spirit of God. So we can't be satisfied with knowing just the natural knowledge and information that is available to us. We have to take a leap of faith and stretch to the point that we reach out beyond what we see to what we don't see. Uh, here's the problem. Natural knowledge can, re can review what we've already been through. You see, that's history. You know, they say, you know, knowledge is power. And amen, it is. Because if you, how they say, if, if, if you don't learn your history, you're doomed to repeat it again. Amen. amen. Here's the problem, though. That's good in and of itself, but we don't want just good. We want to expand. We want more, right? And when do we want it? Now. We want more, and we want it now. So we're not going to be satisfied simply with knowing what was. Because if I simply know and have a knowledge of what was, the only thing I can do is repeat what was. You know what? I'm not even going to be satisfied with what is. I can look around and I can take inventory and I can assess the situation and I can learn about what is. But if I only learn about what is, if I stop there, I will never go beyond what I see already. Now this is the problem we have in terms of when you find yourself stuck in a situation where you're repeating the same errors over and over again. You know the one. You know you... <laughs> Sometimes it's that, that no good dude or that no good woman. You just keep finding yourself with that same kind of person. It ain't the same person. They got different names, but it's the same person. You keep going in the same circle over and over again because you're not looking past what's natural to the supernatural. You're not going beyond 
the knowledge that you see naturally to something spiritual. So you never hook up with a person who's going to be able to help you to go to the next level. What about repeating the same old stuff over and over again from the past? We don't do that, right? We don't. Oh, let me see. When I was in the military, and I know I might have been the only one, but it's, at the time it was a lot of us doing it. Payday would come on the 1st and the 15th. Money would be gone by the 13th or like the 13th. <laughs> The end of the month, or right before the middle of the month, all the money gone. Why? Because we kept doing the same thing over and over again. So in your life, you need to take inventory right now. This is a thinking session. I told you I was going to come here to teach you. I want you to learn what am I doing that is keeping me tied in the same circle, and I'm revolving and walking around in the same spot that I was in last year, or the year before, or the year before. What am I going to do now to move beyond where I am? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh. If I depend on what I see and what I've seen before, I'll never obtain what I desire. We talk to wives and husbands all the time, my wife and I. We, we, we love that. That's, God has blessed us in that area. But the biggest problem that people have to overcome is the past. Because they keep reviewing and replaying mistakes that they made, or maybe they didn't make, the person they was with made, or the person they used to be with made. And they play that same mistake over in every new relationship. We don't do that now, though, do we? There, there's no occasion where mistakes I made in the past show up in relationships I'm in now, right? We forget those things that are behind us, right? When you remind me of a problem that I had before, every hurt, every devastating thing that happened to me then, I relive in this new relationship. This is why you end up stuck in that same cycle over and over again. I, I'm working as hard as I can. I got 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, but I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. Why? Because I have not stretched. I have not entered an area of faith. And even my conversation says that I'm going to always be where I am. And I talk about the things that I see rather than the things that I desire. There's three things, and then I'm going to get out of here. You see, we don't want to stay in the flesh. we got to make a transition to the spirit. But in order for us to do that, there's three things that we must know about being kingdom citizens. There's three things that we have to do in 2016 in order to experience the expansion that the pastor was talking about. The first thing, now y'all got to get your papers out because this is the how. The first thing we must do is we have to make God a priority in our lives. You see, at some point of time, you have to stop leaning to your own understanding. At some point in time, you have to go in order to increase your faith. You must hear the word of God and you must develop a relationship with God. 
If you don't, you're going to continually do the same thing over and over again and keep expecting a different result. Was that for my psychologist? And so, okay, amen, amen. Jeremiah 29, 12, and 14. Uh, it, I'm, I'm going to look for the scripture. I like that. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. This is uh, God speaking to Jeremiah, and he's actually saying the same thing to us. If we actually ask God, if we seek him, he promises that he will be found. The problem we're having is that instead of seeking God, I'm seeking my own understanding. I'm trying to gain insight from the stuff that I see around me rather than the things that I don't see. I'm connecting myself with people who continually are in the same situation I'm in or they're in a worse situation. So instead of me connecting to the things of God and making God a priority, I make every excuse to go everywhere except for church. How can they hear without a preacher? Oh, wait a minute. What did we say we need to have in order to expand? Faith. Uh, but faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But how can they hear without a preacher? How can he preach lest he be sent? The word sent means that he's anointed, and the Holy Spirit of God dwells within him. And it's not him that speaks, but the Holy Spirit that's in him, so that when we hear, the Holy Spirit being spoken or proclaimed, our ears perk and our faith increases. So as our faith increases, God responds. First and foremost, we must, we must make God a priority. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Oh, I'm going to do it next year. We had 2016. Y'all know, oh, we're going to, next year in January, almost start. I'm going to do it next year. How many of y'all on the fast? Y'all doing the fast? Amen, amen. The fast is going to help us to break that spirit of complacency. And in that, I want you to pray even on your fast for a stronger and a closer relationship with God. More discipline about the things of God. We talk about reading God's word. Let's do it. That's why I love our pastor. Because he said, man, you got to be a man in the word and under the word. That's the truth all day. <laughs> Is that good English? That's the truth all day. <laughs> what else do you, what else must you do besides making God a priority if you want to experience expansion? Man, you got to change the jokers you run with. Watch out now. Watch out then now. I done went to Arkansas on y'all. Y'all didn't know. Okay. If everybody I hang around with is doing the same thing that I'm doing, and we all stuck like Chuck, we might want to change our product. We might want to change the people we're hanging out with. How can, if, if you never change the tire, I had a blowout sound, that's why it's up. If you never change the tire, how you gonna tell me how to change one? Let's just imagine if you will, all of us, we on a bus. We going to glory. We on our way to glory and we so glad. But the bus get a flat tire. Ain't nobody in the bus, on the bus at all, know how to change a flat tire. 
All of us get off the bus and we standing around outside looking at the tide. That's what happens when we have associations only with people who are at our level or below it. You'll never advance, you'll never expand because there's no one challenging you. There's no one mentoring you or encouraging you to change or want more. You see, sometimes hopes come from me seeing something better. You know, uh, when I was young, and y'all don't, don't laugh at me, y'all don't laugh at me. I told y'all I was from Arkansas. I, I ain't know no better. I thought, you know, you got like $15,000, $20,000 a year, you was good, you rich. That's what I thought. I didn't know no better. But in that area, that's what people made. We all had, I didn't know I was really poor until I left. <laughs> I lived in a shack, everybody lived in a shack. It was all good, right? It's all good, we all looking the same, we all doing the same, we all doing bad, we don't know no better. But my situation is not gonna change until I saw someone who was doing better. When I saw someone doing better, I examined them and I found out that, hey, God is no respecter of a person when he made them he didn't make them much better than me. But they had a little more information and they had some revelation. They knew how to exercise that information that they had. So they were doing better because they saw better. So for us, the second thing I want you to do is to change your associations. Now, I'm one of them people that say don't leave everybody in the dust because you have a responsibility to mentor someone. See, my faith comes when I change and I grow because of what God has done for me. But every time I help someone to do better, when I see their lives change, it also helps my faith. So don't forget everybody, but make sure that anyone that you allow to keep moving with you is moving with you and not pulling you against you or trying to pull you down. That's what we're saying. Someone come to you and say, oh, I want you to mentor me now. You make sure that you don't go to where they are, that they come to where you are. <laughs> Amen. Third thing I want you to do. I want you to be willing to make that leap of faith. Uh, I've been in ministry for a minute. We've been married like almost 30 more than 20, I think it was 97 or something. I, they licensed me up back in the Church of God in Christ. <laughs> but you know, one thing I realized is that I realized that it takes more than just copying or imitating what everyone else is doing. See, you have to be sincere and you have to be legitimate. You have to be confrontational, not with everyone you meet, but with your own issues. See, Nicodemus, wealthy person, very knowledgeable, a teacher of the law, but he recognized that there were some things that he didn't know. So instead of being arrogant, he humbled himself and he came to someone who could teach him. Teacher, how do I expand? Help me to do better than what I'm doing right now. Now, you don't have to take my advice. You can keep running in circles. Will it go around in a circle? 
Hebrews 11.6, give us a, ver a, a, a visual. That's a wonderful scripture. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone mm, who comes to him must believe that he exists. You see, God loves, first of all, when we ask him something in faith. Because when we ask him something in faith, it means that, first of all, I trust him. I believe that he is, but also I believe that he has the ability to grant my request. And as a result of that, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So rather than us continually stay in the same situation and continually walk in depression and getting upset and fighting and arguing with each other when both of us doing bad, why don't we try a little something different and seek God's face? If we seek God's face, he might give us a glimpse of another glory. And if I just get a glimpse, if I just get a peek at something more or better than what I'm doing, it lets me know that I can obtain it. There's something more for me to reach for. Stop being comfortable in nothingness. Stop being satisfied in mess. God wants you to prosper and he wants you to expand and he's putting everything possible in your path to help you to do that. But we have to play a role. We have to take the initiative to seek him and to seek faith. The last thing, number four. Me and my wife, I love my wife. She's so good to me. When I come home and I'm hungry, and I'm hungry. I probably ain't hungry. I, I might just want to eat. But in my mind at the time, I think, oh, I'm hungry. But I asked my wife, I said, could you fix me something to eat? Is something cooked? Y'all know what she say? Yeah. Yeah, amen. Sometimes. Sometimes she say, no, ain't nothing cooked, but I'll fix you something. Ain't that wonderful? Ain't that wonderful? Why am I bringing that up? Because I have an expectation of obtaining what I need from her when I ask. Now, if my wife, now she wonderful, but she ain't Jesus. I love her, she wonderful, but she ain't God. Now, if she will give me what I need when I request it, how much more will God? How much more if you ask God? If you believe that he is capable and you expect him to deliver on what you ask for, won't he do? <laughs> See, the last thing, the fourth thing, in case you missed it, is when you ask, you have to expect to get it. Yeah, I don't ask for stuff amiss. I don't just walk around, say, hey, can I have this, can I have that, and never expect to get it. That don't make no sense. You're wasting my time. If I ask you for something, that means you have it and you have the capability of getting it for me. Or else I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to do my due diligence and do the research to make sure that you're capable of delivering on what I'm asking you for. <laughs> what I'm telling you right now is that I want each of you to do your due diligence. Search out God. Seek God. Learn of him. Develop a relationship with him. Correct your association so you're with other people who are seeking him. Stop 
being satisfied with mediocre, and then ask him and expect him to deliver. I wanted to talk about Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13. And that's the last one, and then I'm done. Throw that up, because I'm going to read that. And we're going to talk about it intently, because I'm serious about this thing. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message, read it, can y'all read Concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, if you say it, if you say it, if you speak it, you speak it with an expectation. If you say it with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, meaning that he is first and foremost. He is priority in my life. And believe in your heart. That means I expect it to happen. That God raised him from the dead. Guess what? You will be saved. You'll be saved not just from your sin, but you'll be saved from mediocrity. You'll be saved from struggle. He said he was our peace. He is our comforter. He is our keeper. He is our more than just our Savior. Lord of your life means that he is the person that I depend on before I make any other decisions. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, next for it is with your heart that you believe unto righteousness. This scripture, y'all write this down. Everybody ought to know Romans 10, verses 8 through 10. Everybody, if you don't know no other scripture besides John 16, I mean 316, know this one. And you believe in your heart. This is the thing that translates you from being an unrighteous person to a righteous one. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done. Now, the reason why I put this in this particular spot, in this little teaching session that we're having, is that I want you to get it, that this is the way you become a kingdom citizen. It is impossible for you to experience expansion on God's level until you get in God's arena. If you stay in the wrong place, Blessings will be poured out for you, but you'll be in a place outside of the blessing. So we need for you to be a kingdom citizen. And the way you become one is that you believe in your heart and become justified. Confess with your mouth that through faith you will say. Now check this out. I said earlier about intelligence and natural or carnal knowledge simply being me talking about what happened or talking about what I see right now. When your confession transforms, the way you think about life is renewed. When you're born again and there's a shift in the way you think, you'll stop talking about what you see right now and what you saw yesterday, and you'll start talking about what you want to happen tomorrow. The moment you change your conversation, the moment you change your confession, the result is going to be you're going to move from here to there. Right now in the natural, you can't see what doesn't exist. 
You can't see tomorrow, but that doesn't keep us from speaking or confessing it. And the moment you do so, your natural confession connects with the supernatural power of God through faith, and it translates you from being here to there. If any one of us, and I'm closing now, if any one of us want to go on a journey, and we know we want to go on a journey if the journey is just to expand, but if we want to go on a journey, if I'm going to plan a trip, if I'm going to go anywhere, I need to map it out. I, I can't keep looking at roads I was on yesterday if I want to get to a city that I've never seen before. If, if I want to make it to that city that my eyes haven't behold yet, I have to map out a plan to get there. I have to make it a priority in terms of my traveling arrangements. If my traveling arrangements consist of me looking at where I was yesterday and where I am today only, guess where I'm going to stay? Right there. So, amen. Today, forward, we're not going to talk about what was, what they did to me what my wife did, what my husband did, what my kids did, what those people on my job, we're not going to talk about what they did yesterday. We're not even going to spend our time or waste our time looking at what's happening now and speaking on that. But we're going to speak about what we want to happen. Not a good situation, but an ideal situation. Why are you going to exist in mediocrity when God wants you to have expansion? He wants you to exist in abundance. Amen.